Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. Welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Crillo. Today, we have Jimmy Edwards. Jimmy has been buying distressed assets in Dallas-Fort Worth since 2011. He has purchased, rehabbed, and successfully sold over 100 single-family properties and is currently invested in 570 multifamily units. So thank you so much for being on the show, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So you started from single-family. You went into multifamily. Can you give us a little background on yourself uh, professionally and personally prior to getting involved with your, your current real estate investment firm? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I've pretty much been in real estate my whole career. I uh, got a degree in uh, finance real estate from Texas Tech University. And uh, my last semester, um, I opted to take some, some real estate classes instead of, you know, corporate finance three and accounting three. Um, and one of my professors had us read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it pretty much, you know, exploded my brain. Um, so I got my real estate license. I was, you know, a real estate agent. And then I was a mortgage broker in the recession, which was uh, pretty lucrative. And then in 2012, uh, they closed down my branch and uh, 2013 just went into flipping houses full time. Uh, by 2016, we did about 60 houses a year in 2016. And then kind of in 2017 was a, a pivotal moment where um, you know, how do I scale this business? You know, do I do uh, more houses, less houses, bigger volume, uh, bigger margins, you know, new construction. Um, and then I stumbled across multifamily and it kind of hit all the points I was looking for, um, you know, scalability, uh, forced appreciation, um, and really just, you know, going, going bigger, utilizing, you know, teams to help it scale. Um, so that's kind of been my, you know, that's my quick elevator pitch. Nice. Um, so before you're getting into multifamily, I want to talk about your single family because it's, um, you know, multifamily, obviously people get into it usually for a lot of scale and we'll get into kind of like why you moved over. It's easier to get economy as a scale. Well, let's talk about for your single family. I mean, you're doing all these homes. Um, you're, you're not just wholesaling them. You're actually finding them. They're distressed, right? You're purchasing, they're rehabbing them. You're, you're flipping them, you're selling them. So what kind of system did you have in place? What kind of team did you have in place when you were doing that? Yeah. So we, it, you know, I started out and I had a couple different various partners uh, along the way, just here and there. And I, I teamed up uh, with my current partner, Catherine. Um, and it was really for a little while, it was just me. And then when I teamed up with her, we really gained some velocity. Um, her background is in construction. And, um, you know, I've always been kind of a deal finder. I'm, I'm a deal junkie um, and I really like sourcing deals. Um, and so, you know, when I was by myself, I was sourcing deals, managing contractors, listing the houses. I mean, I was a one man show. And when we teamed up, we formed a little bit more of a, a conveyor belt, right? I'd find the deal pass it to her, she would manage the rehab process. Um, and so that really created a lot of velocity. Um, and we used contractors, um, you know, obviously that we were aligned with and that understood our vision and our scope. So, you know, we'd have a four or five page scope of work and 
um, you know, they'd execute it. And eventually, you know, we got in the rhythm with several teams um, and we were just able to go, you know, really, really, you know, fast. Yeah, that project management, that was something I, I flipped uh, houses before and it was something that uh, finding the deals wasn't really an issue and uh, finding money wasn't really an issue. It was it was the it was the getting the rehab done yeah. and getting it done to the specifications right. and what you needed the quality to be in the condition to be when you're leaving, uh, when you're when you want to sell it, you know, to meet with the, uh, the market. And that was the biggest thing. So you that was a great way of doing it instead of you uh, like becoming a licensed general contractor and going that whole route, you brought on someone with experience and project management because it really takes, there's so many moving pieces. And uh, so that's awesome because, you know, you have certain contractors. Yeah, of course, someone putting, you know, the roof getting done and the hot water heater can go at the same time, but it's different when you have someone painting and putting down flooring and everything like that. So um, that's great that you were able to uh, find them. How did you, how did you meet your partner? So we actually, uh, Catherine married a, a good friend of mine from college, actually. Oh, so nice. we met in college um, and we, we, they, we'd invested in some deals before, um, you know, we'd been good friends for, for a long time now and we'd, we'd done some investing together and then um, really found some synergies and just decided to, you know, kind of, kind of go all in. And it was uh, really, a, you know, a blessing in disguise. I've had you know, along the way, a lot of people say, Hey, I want to, I want to work with you. And, you know, they, they don't, uh, really commit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she, she you know, that we, we, we just talked it out and, and made it happen. So it was, it's been really, really good. Yeah. It's great when you find a partner that, uh, is wants it as much as you do. And, uh, cause you, you will find a lot of people that want a partner, want to do something, but they really don't want to, uh, right. what you yeah. kind of find yeah. out afterwards, uh, talk is cheap, right? Right. Um, so let's talk about the switch. A few years ago, you made the switch over to multifamily. Um, you, did you do any flips during that time or now you're 100% in multifamily or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. I mean, we're, I'm pretty much 100% multifamily. I mean, I think we did, you know, one deal in 2020 and maybe one or two in, in 2019 and maybe, you know, two or three in 2018, but really the transition to multifamily full-time. I mean, we turned off the faucet, you know, as far as marketing and 2017, uh, really just to focus on multifamily. But I mean, we still have deals that kind of fall in our lap and, you know, we, you know, the, the margins are right and the opportunities there. So, you know, we'll, we'll take them. And it's, you know, at this point, you know, flipping a house is, you know, we could probably do it in our sleep. I mean, the systems are, are there. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, we had a deal in 2017 where, um, and this is kind of like the pivot point where, you know, it, it, it was a good deal. The margins were right. And we went to list it um, and like five other flips came on the market in like the same week. And so, the, you know, the market just got saturated. And so everyone sit on, set on the market for a couple months and um, it just, the interest ate up all of our profit. And so um, that was really about the same time we were looking into multifamily. And so it was kind of interesting that it happened that way. But, you know, with multifamily projects, I mean, you're flipping a building, but, you know, your holding costs are covered. And so it was just like the light bulb moment went off. Like, you know, we need to make this transition uh, full speed ahead. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense because when you're flipping, even uh, you know the cost of money is very expensive with single-family flips with the hard money. And even if you're going to a private lender, I mean, you still have to pay that, most likely paying that every month, uh, interest only. Plus, you're paying this uh, exorbitant amount of insurance because it's a vacant right. property. Plus, you're paying, ta- you got the tax bill coming, get the tax man after you. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, um, you know, you have this window of, you know, you talk to like some flippers like, oh, yeah, it's 100 days. We want to give it through it. And then there's another one like when you start getting over like 180 days on a flip, I mean, you're every day. There's no more. There's no more value you can add into the property. It's done. Right. I mean, you just need to unload it. And the same thing. I, I same thing. It was also very transactional, which I hated. I mean, obviously, you have more of a system in place. But that's one thing is I didn't mind doing the legwork with multifamily because I was like, okay, I've got this asset for years. So I don't care if it stinks for a month for me doing this, getting this all put together and doing this or a few months, whatever it is to get the thing up and running um, initially. But um, it's just, yeah. I mean, if you're not, you don't have any income coming in, you're now covering all those expenses throughout the whole process. And then just hoping that you can sell it for what you uh, planned on from uh, earlier. Right. Yeah. But- 100%. And, you know, and, 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 there's been some times where the market has decreased and that, you know, didn't work out as good as we'd hoped. And then, you know, in the past couple of years, it's been, you know, the market can, can help you if you make some mistakes, but um, you know, that's, that's one of the things I really liked about multifamily is it's not based on comp so much as it is, you know, driving an OI, right. I mean, if, you know, if you're pushing rents while it's sitting there, then, you know, you're adding, adding value. Yeah. So we uh, went over all these great points about why multifamily is great and why we don't like single family, but (laughs) tell us about how you got involved in multifamily. Like what was your first deal? Did you come in as an active? Did you come in as a passive investor? Like a lot of people do. Sure. So we, you know, just like every other, um, you know, flipper, we, uh, we kind of set our goals, you know, we thought we were going to do a 20 unit deal ourselves. And I, throughout that process, realized that all of my real estate experience was still not enough uh, for the lenders. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, we went to the bank and said, hey, we got this good deal. And they said, you know, what, what experience do you have? And I said, you know, I flipped 100 houses. I'm a real estate broker. Um, and they said, well, you know, what's your multifamily experience? And I said, well, none. Um, and so it was kind of a pivotal moment there where, you know, we realized the power of, you know, teams. Um, we didn't get that deal, but through the process, we were, you know, engaging with people in our, you know, database and talking to folks. And we actually were, were running comps and saw a deal, you know, in the neighborhood, um, looked up the tax records and Catherine actually knew the owner. So she called him and started up a conversation and, you know, told him we were looking to get into the multifamily space. And then, um, a couple months later, you know, we got a phone call from him and he said, Hey, I've, I've got this 16 unit deal. Um, it's a super heavy lift. I know y'all have experience. You're looking to get into the game. Um, it's a lot more work than, you know, I want to commit to, but it could be a great deal if we all team up. Um, so we ended up doing this 16 unit deal together. It was a, a townhouse reposition. Uh, I mean, it was pretty much an F and, and we took it to a C plus, you know, wow. rents from 550 up, you know, uh, 1150 when we were done. Um, and it was a great start of a relationship. We ended up doing uh, another 100 unit deal after that, 116 unit deal. And then actually 1031, uh, that 16 unit deal into 120 unit deal. So, I mean, um, you know, it was, it was a really good 
experience. But in that process, before we got involved in that deal, um, I did make, you know, some passive investments to learn, you know, um, to kind of see from the other side. Right. And I think that that was really helpful, you know, now being on the, you know, GP side, you know, I know, you know, how to treat, you know, my investors because my expectations as a passive, um, you know, kind of came from that. So, yeah, that's a super heavy lift. And obviously with hundreds of single family homes, rehabs under your belt, uh, it's not something that you really have to kind of uh, worry about right on your end. But I imagine you wouldn't suggest someone starting out uh, to do something like that in their first rehab if, I mean, without this type of experience that you have. Yeah. I mean, I would say the, the team is crucial. You know, mm -hmm. luckily we had a team that was experienced in, in, in those types of deals. And, you know, that was actually a good stepping stone into our first syndication. Um, we found a hundred unit deal that was 50% occupied. Mm -hmm. um, and there wasn't a ton of competition going after that deal because mm -hmm. most people don't have the time or expertise. Um, and so for us, we had a little bit of a competitive advantage um, because our team was, you know, ready, willing, and able to, to undertake that type of asset. When you were putting together your numbers on that deal, did it, uh, did you come in pretty close to what your renovation budget was, or did you guys, uh, underestimate it or overestimate it? We, it came in right at where our numbers nice. came in. I mean, I, yeah. you know, we, we had, um, padded the budget with some contingencies mm. and also with uh, operating income because um, it was, you know, we bought it and it was not cash flowing. It was actually in the red. Um, so we had extra rehab and, you know, it was a funny story. We went into the deal and, um, you know, we, we are, it met our expectations as far as rehab, but we knew from flipping houses that there were going to be skeletons in the closet. Yeah, so we had extra too, rehab for unknowns. Um, and that's really what, you know, I don't know if I want to say saved us, but that allowed us to come in budget. Cause we did find things that we couldn't see in due diligence. And um, you know, we came in at budget and, and, it, and it worked out really well. So um, yeah, I think that that, you know, part of that experience was, you know, knowing there's going to be things you can't see. Yeah. And even finding places that are advertised or you feel are like a turnkey or already renovated type property. I mean, there's someone that's done that and uh, to make it profitable, they've probably not renovated and fixed everything. And there's probably some things that are going to have to be done. So even if you're walking into something, oh, it's all done, even though it's rented, you still have to put together some sort of reserve and renovation type budget, even if it's minimal. Um, because I've bought properties like that before. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, small things compared to the overall property, but it still costs money. And it's not something that you want to rely on your cash flow from, especially if you have investors that you're telling, hey, in the first, uh, you know, 90 days or 180 days, we'll get your first, uh, your first distribution. And uh, you're not able to do that if you have to use part of it or all of it for uh, these renovations. So, but um, so let's talk about now, what's your current criteria and strategy when you're investing? So we, I mean, I'm, you know, uh, my box is, you know, we're looking for hundred to 200 unit deals. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I probably, you know, 70 to hundred percent occupied, right. I mean, I think there's opportunities oh. in all of those deals. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always open to distressed assets. I think you get, 
um, you know, a little bit of, you know, a competitive advantage there. Um, you know, we've bought some, some stabilized deals, um, you know, where the seller maybe did the reposition, they took it from 50% to 90%. And then, you know, there's opportunity for us to take it, um, even further. Um, and then I really, really like the deals, you know, which you and I both know are harder to find that are, you know, a hundred percent occupied, um, because you know that, you know, rents are too low. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, we, you know, we really like all of them. Um, I think that, you know, as we move forward, um, you know, cap rates are compressing between, you know, A and C assets. And I think there's a lot of opportunity um, in B, you know, something um, that still has, you know, uh, is outdated, but, you know, a little bit nicer asset than, than you know, some of the older ones. Um, and, you know, I, we have several strategies. We, we have, you know, kind of two boxes, right? So I'm looking for deals that, um, you know, we can raise capital on that we syndicate, uh, we bring on all our LPs and, you know, make them money. Um, and then we're also looking for deals that maybe have a little bit smaller raise um, and we can kind of move this 1031 machine uh, down the road. So we've kind of got two lanes moving all the time. And I think it allows us to, you know, kind of keep our peripherals open a little bit wider instead of being super, super specific. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. That's something that we do. We have a syndication route and then we also have the JV joint yep. venture route where we are, uh, which we've been a little bit more active on lately with smaller deals because, uh, you know, everybody's looking for what every syndicator wants, which right. is 100 plus units, uh, B minus area, C plus quality, you know, all this kind of stuff that, for sure. so, I mean, it's, you have to get creative with it, which it definitely is like you are, because I think a lot of people shy away from the heavy lift, which doesn't scare me if the operator like yourself that you're partnering with or that you're with in the deal has the infrastructure and the team in place for renovation, which is, I mean, which is all, it's just super important to be able to do the project management on it and have experience doing it, learning it on the fly with, uh, with this deal you're doing, you know? Right. Um, so let's talk about that. What does your team look like now and what is your role on it, Jimmy? So I'm, I'm, it's really pretty similar um, we have, uh, I'm acquisitions, you know, again, I'm, I'm a deal junkie, um, you know, uh, day-to-day minutia kind of, uh, bores me. Um, so I really try to focus on what I'm good at and that's, you know, chasing deals, building relationships. Um, you know, Catherine again is really managing, uh, the CapEx. Um, and then we, you know, we co-sponsor with people, um, you know, that are really, really good at, you know, kind of back office stuff and, and operations and asset management. I mean, we're heavily involved in that too, but, um, you know, it's really good to have, you know, people on your team that are more, um, you know, a little bit focused on, you know, com- you know, computer type stuff. Um, you know, when we're out looking at deals, you know, it's nice having someone, you know, that likes to be in the office. Um, so, um, and then, you know, partnering with, you know, um, uh, JVN or partnering with people that, you know, maybe, maybe have, you know, more, you know, capital to bring to the deal, um, you know, cause that's a, that's a time consuming, uh, process raising capital. Right. So, you know, if we have, um, you know, uh, deal finder, uh, CapEx manager, uh, operations, and then capital, you know, those are the four components we really need to have velocity. Um, and so that's really kind of how we've tried to, you know, build our team. Yeah. And you really need one person at least for each of those roles. If you really want to have deal flow and you really want to be able to do 
uh, asset management on a deal. I mean, and uh, and everything, raise money and have all the other pieces covered. Um, so, what uh, what software does your team use daily? We really our, our biggest um, uh, is is investor management tool. We use Syndication Pro, um, mm-hmm. and that has been uh, really significant. You know, I mean, again, going back to paperwork and computers and um, you know, just investment docs and K1s and distributions. I mean, having, you know, when I started in 2017, like, you know, there was maybe one company that mm-hmm. did it um, and it wasn't, you know, very popular at the time. And so really just streamlining investor relations has taken a lot of, you know, back office stuff off the table. Yeah, for sure. No, it's uh, it's definitely a game changer and it cuts down on your administration and headaches and also your, um, your limited partner, your passive investor management, which uh, right. a lot of the questions are answered right there. So right. definitely and they uh, love having everything in one place, right? Just mm-hmm. going in and being able to log in and not, you know, having to, to, you know, reach out to another human to find it. Exactly. Yeah. So what are common mistakes that you see uh, other real estate investors make being in here for so long? Um, analysis paralysis is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, people talk themselves out of deals a lot, which is, you know, a good quality to have, but, um, you know, I think that, you know, when we see a deal and I know it's a deal, you know, we just, we, we go after it. Um, and sometimes you uncover things, but you know, you, you, you have to participate, right? I mean, you're not going to win any deals if, if you're not participating. Um, and then the other one is, is I think a lot of people, underestimate the value of a location. And what I say by that is there's a lot of deals that underwrite really well on paper, but they maybe don't have the experience or they're underestimating a bad location, right? Mm. Um, And so I see people, you know, underwriting deals and going after them. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, that is, you know, you're not accounting for X, Y, and Z because that location is, you know, not premier. So those yeah. would be my You're looking at comps and someone's using a comp from two miles away, which it could be in a whole, it's pretty much in another oh, country. The tracks. Yeah. I mean, because it's funny that, uh, like you said that it's exactly true is that you can be looking at something and they can literally, I mean, everybody's done it. They drive down the street, one side of the street's nice, one side of the street's not. You cross over the, this, uh, the tracks, right? Quote yeah. unquote, which is true. And you go from, and you're like, oh my God, it's night and day, or just a block or two. And you're like, oh my God, what just happened between this? And it's because, oh, wow, it's a very busy road over here. And it's very quiet over here. Cause I have a property like that between two of those. And I was like, if right. it's one block this way, it'd be worth a lot more. It's right, right here. It's perfectly fine. But, you know, it's just amazing that if this was literally eight houses down this way, you know, and so it's very, that's when I think I talk to people, I'm like, hey, if you're picking out your neighborhood, like really know the neighborhood, not just the city, not just the area of the city, like get it down in the neighborhood. So when you see deals come in, you're like, know what yep. neighborhoods are in. And then you can kind of price it accordingly when you're doing your, because that makes such a big difference, just like you said. Uh, what would be some suggestions you would make to new investors that are getting started? participating really i mean just participating and whether that's you know investing as a a limited partner you know being a passive and and kind of i mean that was what i did you know i thought i knew everything and um i decided to invest passively to try to learn the business and you know i probably underwrote five or six deals that were being offered before i made my first one because i still didn't understand 
um, you know, what I was doing. And so, if, you know, as a, as a passive, I would say just, you know, participate, underwrite offerings. And then, you know, if you're, if you're looking to be um, a lead, you know, GP, um, again, just participate, right? Like, you know, uh, there's a lot of deals out there, um, you know, and we're not going to win them all. But, you know, when you're making offers, you're engaging with the broker and you're building a relationship and maybe that deal doesn't work out, but I can say, Hey, you know, when you do find something that fits my box and maybe you need someone to move quick, you know, call me. Um, and that's really worked, you know, extremely well. So just participating, you know, I mean, it can be scary. And like I said, a lot of people get, you know, analysis paralysis, but I mean, you're going to learn as you go. So just, just start going. That's a great idea. Start underwriting uh, potential passive investments and uh, do your own due diligence on them between where they're located and rents and everything like that. And uh, that's great. I mean, it really gets you started with something that you were told that pencils out fine. That's a great opportunity. Now you can do your own research on it. And you should be doing that with any deal that you're investing, whether active or passive. And uh, the group you're working with uh, should give, you know, without any type of issue, uh, your underwriting that you can review. So that's awesome. That's a great, great advice. Um, what do you think are the main factors that have contributed to your success, Jimmy? Being open-minded and, and really, you know, learning that I can't do it all myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I was never really ego driven, but, you know, I always had this want to figure things out and to, you know, conquer certain things. And, and as I grew, I realized, you know, I'm really, really good when I focus on one or two things. And when I focus mm-hmm. on my superpower, it helps the rest of the team. And just because I hate doing paperwork um, doesn't mean that um, there's not someone out there that loves doing paperwork and hates chasing deals. And so, you know, uh, and, and I think that comes from, uh, you know, I read a book called The Who Not, uh, who Not How, I think it's Dan Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you know, finding the who's on your team um, you know, that have their unique ability. And, and I, I think, you know, we all grow together and we can do more together. Yeah. So how important is partnership in uh, getting into commercial real estate? Obviously it was required for how much scale and how big your business was in single family, as we touched upon earlier, but how important is in commercial if someone's going from maybe a couple single families into commercial multifamily? I mean, I, I think it's huge, right? Because, um, I think that, you know, uh, there's going to be, we're all helping each other, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I I think that, you know, through the space, right, there's people that have been at some point they did their first deal. And then over the years, they've done a lot of deals and maybe they're um, not wanting to, you know, put in as much sweat equity, right? Um, You know, maybe they're a little bit further along in the game, um, but they understand, hey, you know, if I can partner with someone that's hungry, um, I can lend my balance sheet. I can lend my resume, um, and 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 I can trust in this person to do a lot more of the heavy lifting, right? And then yeah. someone that's getting into the game is really hungry. Hey, you know, I'm I'm willing to do whatever it takes, but I don't have the resume. I don't have the experience, and I can use you know some some guidance. And so really, just those partnerships to me are extremely valuable, and everyone just kind of helps each other. You know, no matter where you are in the game. Yeah. No, fantastic. Well, how can our listeners learn more about you and your business, Jimmy? Yeah, just go to our website. It's High Five Multifamily, H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E, multifamily.com. You know, there's a lot of info about us. And then there's, you know, click a little form and reach out and we'll jump on the phone. 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of information on there and it lists all the assets that you guys have uh, purchased and also sold and currently own. So I want to appreciate you uh, for coming on today. Thank you so much and uh, looking forward to uh, meeting up and connecting with you again future because uh, I think it's been a couple of years. Uh, yeah. Pre-COVID was the last time we saw each other face to face. Yeah, brother. Likewise. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Thanks. You too. Hi, guys. It's Charles from the Global Investors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in getting involved with real estate, but you don't know where to begin, set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me at ScheduleCharles.com. That's ScheduleCharles.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.